Welcome to the OKC First podcast. Together, we're learning to do three things. Friendship with God. Friendship with one another. And open friendship for the sake of the world. For more information about OKC First, please visit OKCFirst.com. Today's scripture comes from Matthew chapters 9, verse 9 through 13. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man called Matthew sitting in the tax booth, and he said to him, Follow me. And he got up and followed him. And he sat at dinner in the house. Many tax collectors and sinners came and were sitting with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when he heard this, he said, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice, for I have come to call not the righteous, but sinners. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, I'm Pastor Lisa. I'm the children's pastor. And I get the privilege of ministering to the kids here. I prefer to sit with them. because I feel close to them. And it creates a sense of intimacy. And I want our kids to know that God is a God that draws close to us. And so the atmosphere that we create is important for them to take that in, to soak it in. So every Sunday in children's church, we start by lighting the Christ candle. And we light it reminding them that God's presence is here. And that God sent Jesus into the world to be a light, to show us his kingdom, to show us what his kingdom is like. So if we want to know what God is like, we look at Jesus, how he lived it out, how he went about walking with people, how he saw people, how he cared for people, how he loved, how he called people to come and follow him. So obviously, I'm going to move the candle down just because I need this stool to sit on. But I want you guys to remember, and maybe you guys can catch a glimpse of it, but I'm going to put it down here on the ground in front of me. It may, and may it remind you that God is present with us here today. Jesus said many amazing things and he did such wonderful things that people followed him. He came close to the sick. He encouraged the poor and he enjoyed the children. This is the way God wants us to care for each other, he said. 
This is the way of the kingdom of God. But they did not understand. So he said, come, follow me, and I will show you the way. I will show you the way of the kingdom of God. Come, follow me. Did you know that in the gospel accounts, Jesus said, follow me more than he said, believe in me? We can be confident that there is a call to follow laid upon anyone and everyone who seeks to draw closer to Christ. It could even be argued that the whole of the life of faith is, faith is wrestling with that call to follow him. Andrew, Peter, James, and John were some of the first disciples that Jesus called to follow him. Plus, women and children were following him too. A disciple is a follower, and that means there must be someone to follow, and that someone wants followers, and that someone is Jesus. This is how he goes about his ministry, is saying, come follow me, and then I'm going to use you. I'm going to teach you. I'm going to show you what I am like. He calls us into this relationship. He knows that is the best way to teach us. John has, I guess, this new series going now, and it's called The Academy. And Jesus is the teacher in this academy, and he's calling us to come and follow him. Be apprentice. Do you know what an apprentice is? An apprentice is somebody that walks alongside the teacher and learns by watching and by hearing. This teacher teaches them their skills. Our VBS focus was that we are called together to serve God. There's beauty in that. We are called to go out into the world to share the good news of God's love and grace and his desire to be in relationship with us all. What makes a person a hero? Because obviously our stage is set up with hero signs and, you know. But what makes a person a hero? It's someone who is performed who performs in service to others in need, whether that's a person, a group, or a community. I'm gonna take you through some of our hero hotline tips that we were um, involved in during Vacation Bible School. Kelly did a great job being our <laughs> professor, and my husband was our superhero puppet. But I want to take us through some of these hero hotline tips because as we follow Jesus, these others come into play. The first one was follow Jesus. Jesus begins to build a team of followers that we call disciples. And disciple is a follower or student of a teacher, a leader. What it means to be a disciple it is a follower or learner. It refers to someone who takes up the ways of someone else. 
Applied to Jesus, a disciple is someone who learns from him to live like him. Someone who, because of God's awakening grace, conforms his or her words and ways to the words and ways of Jesus. What is a disciple? Simply put, a disciple is someone who follows Jesus, is transformed by Jesus, and is proclaiming his, greatest, his greatness to the world around them. It seems like as Jesus gives this call to follow him, Jesus knows that that is the best way for us to know and learn about who he is through following him. The second hero tip is help others. As we follow Jesus, we learn quickly that he is about living his life helping others. He sees the needs of those he came into contact with. As we follow Jesus, we join, we join him in his ministry. We are called to help others and really see them. See them like Jesus sees them. We are all broken, and we all need Jesus. During the rotations at VBS, the kids went into one of the rotations that was called Serve Others. And during that rotation, they packed little kits with simple little things that maybe our friends on feet might need. They also put a sweet note included in those, and I took pictures of some of them because they were just so sweet. And a lot of them said, God's mind about you is made up, and the news is, I heard some kid voices. Good job, kids. They know that. And that's something special for those people out there to know, too, that they are loved by God. So as you guys exit and leave the service today, there's buckets out at this entrance and that entrance filled with those bags. So if you can take a couple of them, I'd like the buckets to be empty by the end of today. Take some with you. And when you see somebody out there in need, Give it to them and say, hey, this was from our kids at VBS. They want you to know that God loves you. So hand those out for me today. The third hero hotline was work together. We can accomplish so much more when we work together. When the gift of the Spirit was breathed on us, it was a way of uniting us as the people of God, the church. The birth of the church is the conduit of the body of Christ lived out in the world. As followers of Jesus, we all have the same common goal, to live our lives in such a way that brings glory to God in how we live, how we love, and how we relate to others. Ultimately, it points people to Jesus. Vacation Bible School, we all had to work together to make that happen. We had over 62 volunteers and over 120 kids that came. But we all had to do our part. And there's beauty in watching that come together. I had a lot of people come up and say, I think this was the one, this VBS ran smoother than most. I mean, it was just, it was a coming together. There was a lot of volunteers that have helped before that came back, so some just kind of all automatically knew kind of the routine. 
But I want to say a huge thank you to all of you that came and participated in this week. And I pray that it was a blessing to you to be a part of it. Work together. If you really stand back and observe, so much is accomplished when we put aside maybe our own selfishness and we just say, I want to be about what Jesus is about. I want to care about what he cares about. And we give ourselves to that mission. The fourth hero hotline was listen to God. As Jesus' followers observed Jesus' relationship with the Father and his dependence on communicating with the Father so that he could be about his Father's work, so we too learn that we are called to listen to God, to seek out his will for us, and to let him lead and guide us on this journey. Listen to God. It's so important. At an early age with your children, I guide them in a time of being quiet. So that in that quietness and in that stillness, they can begin to learn how to listen to God's voice. It's such a beautiful thing to take time to sit and be quiet. And it's funny because sometimes people think you always have to have kids doing and going. And no. My years of experience, when we've come back from a retreat, with our junior leaders, which we always take time to sit quietly and sit and listen to God. But a lot of times we do it outside because it's just a way to connect with him through nature. But one of the most, like when I'll ask them, well, what was one of your favorite things? Do you know what they say? The time we sat outside in quietness and listened to God and felt his presence. I see Piper nodding her head now. That is a gift we give them when they can learn. To be still. And to hear God speak. The fifth hero hotline tip is to show grace. Of course, you've heard that being sung up here on the stage. (laughs) As Jesus' followers walked with Jesus, they saw him show grace to so many people. Which leads us to our passage today. Jesus had already called Andrew, Peter, James, and John. They were some of his first disciples. And then we see in the passage today, Jesus is calling Matthew. By calling Matthew, Jesus was proclaiming that no one would be excluded from his movement. Not even those who society considered irredeemable. Because in Jesus' care, all can be redeemed and restored to the path of life. I love this passage. I love the fact of what it says about who Jesus is. Jesus saw Matthew, somebody that nobody else really cared about. They considered him a sinner, an outcast, 
Um, the religious leaders despised them. And, um, and most of the tax collectors, that's how they felt. But Jesus, when he walked by and he saw Matthew, he saw someone that he wanted to follow him. He called him by name and he said, come and follow me. It doesn't say why. I don't know what triggered something inside of Matthew. We can all guess. But I'm guessing there was something in the way Jesus called his name and said, come follow me. A way of inclusion, a way of being a part of something, a new way of life. And Peter went. The scribes from the synagogue were watching. Matthew was a tax collector. People did not like tax collectors, and tax collectors are sinners, they said. So they were not supposed to walk with tax collectors, and they certainly were not to eat with them. Now, as Jesus was teaching about the kingdom of God, and he saw Matthew at the tax booth, Jesus said, Matthew, come, follow me. And they walked. They walked together to Matthew's house to prepare a meal. Other tax collectors and sinners joined them. And they had a great feast. And the scribes saw this and they said to his disciples, why is Jesus eating with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus overheard him and he answered, people who are healthy do not need a doctor, but the sick do. I have come to ask sinners to repent, to change the way they live, and to follow the way of the kingdom of God. Jesus, the teacher, is revealing who he is to his students. In the calling of Matthew, he shows them that we all need Jesus and that his grace is for everyone. We are all invited to follow Jesus. Matthew's life definitely changed when he responded to the invitation to follow Jesus. There is something about this call to follow. It's transformative. It touches us at the heart. It seems to be the best way for us to learn about what Jesus is about and what his kingdom is like. As we follow, we are invited to listen, to watch, and to experience what Jesus is about to see what he cares about, how he encounters people, those in need as well as those who don't think they need him. The religious leaders questioned Jesus eating with the tax collectors. And Jesus said he just came back with something for them to think about. He said a little parable. It is not those who are healthy that need a physician, he said, but those who are sick. Physicians offer treatment for the purpose of bodily healing. In most cases, it is those who are sick who need the help of the medical doctors. Those who are healthy do not need a physician or medicine. And then he went on to tell them and ask them this question for them to ponder.
He follows up with this. He says, I'm going to give you a homework assignment. And he gives them this challenge. He tells them, go and learn what it means. I desire compassion and not sacrifice. Jesus is calling them to have compassionate hearts instead of judgmental hearts. They are blind to their need, and they are not living into the kingdom of God. The Pharisees, see, they were living by the law. They were living by what they could do externally to look good. But yet Jesus knew inside they were very far from him. But they were blind to that because if they could keep that hidden, who would know, right? But Jesus knows all of us. He knows us deep within. He knows all of us need him. And he's trying to call the Pharisees to see so that they too can be a part of his kingdom. As we journey with Jesus, we are being shaped by being in his presence and allowing his life to touch ours. His spirit is at work in us, transforming us into his likeness. We are being called to be a part of God's continuing story. As we listen to his voice and obey his call, then we become witnesses in the world. I want to share with you two Sundays ago, Pentecost Sunday, I started off, I was with the junior leaders for our story time, and I asked them this question. I said, how does the gift of God's Spirit help us? I just wanted them to share first. I wanted to hear from them first. And this is some of their replies. They said, well, the Spirit helps me love others, especially when it's difficult. Another person said, the Spirit helps me forgive. Another one says, the Spirit helps me to see what Jesus sees. Another one, the Spirit helps me to love myself. Another one, the Spirit gives me the strength to carry on and push through. Another one says, the Spirit transforms my heart. And another one says, the Spirit brings healing, physical, mental, and emotional healing. I want to share with you a little bit of my own call to follow Jesus and what he's taught me along the way. I grew up in church. I knew God as a young child. I knew the love of God, and I was drawn to relationship with him. Baptized into his family as a kid. And I continued to walk with him. But as an adult, I would say really, even after I was married, I felt a deeper call to know God more intimately. So I began to take my mornings early in the morning, while it was still dark out, to get up and just to be with him. I had little kids at the time, and of course, if you don't get up before they get up, you know your day's a different kind of a day. So I had to get started early. But in those quiet moments, early in the morning, and reading scripture, and sitting with him in prayer, I began to experience God's love. In a deep way. In 
a way that was, this is amazing. In a way that was changing my heart. In a way that I knew that I could trust God with my heart. This love allowed me to open my heart to him. Because I knew it was a love that was unconditional. And as I opened my heart to his love, he began to show me things. Things inside of myself that he wanted to set me free from. There was things like selfishness. I guess I'll just get real with you. You know, selfishness, pride, um, the pride of independence when actually I realized God's wanting me to be dependent. That's when actually his presence can flow through me. Even a spirit of bitterness and resentment. Um, as a young person, I would walk along trying to please everybody. And, and not that all of this is all gone, guys, but it's a process. But I'm aware of it. And God began to show me that he wanted to set me free from those things that bind me up so that I could be free to love like he loves. There's a freedom in that. And what I got from that was this joy and gratitude for what he was doing in my life, how he really was loving me through the process of showing me so that I could begin to let go of those things and allow him to give me freedom, freedom to love, freedom to walk with him, freedom to be a light to others. And all I wanted to do was to give my life back. Because I was so grateful for what he had done for me. And so that's how I live my life, just being open open to what he might be saying, open to how he wants to speak to me, open to where he wants to lead me, where he wants to guide me. So he said, come and follow me. I'm going to take you on an adventure with me. It's taught me a lot of things. It's taken me to places I never thought I would go. It's taken me to prison. Not inside, but, I mean, yes, inside, but, okay, well, you know. Yeah, not in a cell. But again, the call to go there was out of love for somebody that was there. It was a call to say, I don't want this person to not know that God loves them and still cares about them no matter where life has taken them. I still want to be a person that brings hope. I remember when I first went, the person that was incarcerated had come to vacation Bible school. That's how we... Our relationship started was through BBS. And even though he lost his way, he still knew God's love. And I remember 
praying and feeling like I should go, but at the time I wasn't ordained, and I had heard that they won't let ministers go if you're not ordained. I just thought, well, Lord, I prayed about it. I'll give it a shot. And so I called the chaplain, told him my story, and I said, I just want to go and bring hope. And he said, okay. And he put me on the approved list. <laughs> I got to go. I mean, I did have to send him where I was a pastor at, you know, what church and all that. But God made a way. He also sent me to a parole he hearing where I was able to be present at a time when someone was up for parole. And I had been journeying with this guy through his time in prison. And I just went, and I told my story of how we came into relationship with each other. And he was released and set free. He's also taken me into the foster care system. And where we welcomed a little boy into our home. And he continues to be a part of our home. When we follow Jesus, we don't know where the journey's going to take us. But in all those journeys, and there's many more, but I can't go into all of them. But anyway, all those journeys have a way of shaping us. They have a way of revealing things to us that we would not have seen if we were not open to his call. There's also recently, about two or three weeks ago, a young kid got a hold of me and called me. And he said, do you remember me? He told me his name. I said, yeah, I do remember you. He came to our church with his aunt and she was fostering them, um, him and his sister and another child. And, um, but he attended our church. And probably for maybe three years. And then eventually he was put back into his home, his home with his mom. But he is now graduated from high school and was getting ready to go into the Marines and getting ready to be shipped out. June 5th, he shipped out to California for basic training. But before he left, he found a way to contact me and he called and he said, I want to come visit you before I leave. I said, okay, so we picked a day and a time and he came and showed up and I was excited to see him and he shared with me, he said, I have a lot of fond memories of this place and knowing God's love. He said, life got hard for me when I went back to be with my mom and he said it was difficult at times. But he said, I knew that in this place, I felt loved and cared for. And before I ship out, I wanted to come back and talk with you. So we talked for a while. He said he still has the Bible I gave him and he's still struggling a little bit in his faith because of his journey that was difficult. 
But I could tell that God's hand was upon him and protecting him because the seeds were already planted there of God's love and God's grace. So I got the opportunity to pray with him that he would trust in God, that he would follow God because God has so much more in store for him. And he will even take those hard, difficult things and he will transform them and he will bring healing to him and he will use him. How does this transformation happen? It happens in a relationship with Jesus as he calls us to follow him and to begin to experience his presence. All the disciples who chose to follow Jesus seemed to understand that he was someone special. Some called him rabbi, which means teacher, and some called him Messiah or the Christ. These are all positive identities that would build Jesus up. What is this faith journey about? It's choosing to follow Jesus and being about what he's about. So how might God be calling, calling you? Calling you to follow him. So I want you to think about that. How might God be calling you to follow him? The call to follow Jesus is an invitation into relationship with him. It is a continuous call because it is an ongoing journey with God. He will continue to reveal himself to us, and he will continue to show us the way, calling us into an apprenticeship, teaching us to walk in the footprints of Jesus. Listen for his voice and respond in obedience. Remain open to his spirit at work in you, transforming you into his likeness. So that just as God sent Jesus into the world where we started at to begin with, to be a light, to show us the way, he can continue the work of God by being a light in this world to show others the way, the way of God's love and grace poured out for all of us we begin to be that light. Ultimately, when we follow Christ, it takes us to the cross where his love is poured out for the world. So now we're going to be invited to the table, to his presence, to his grace, and to be nourished by him. So let's come knowing that we are all invited to partake and receive this gift of grace. As you come to the table today, Pastor Jason will invite you here in a minute to be a part of the sacrament, Eucharist. When you come to this table, I want you to come with your hands cupped signifying that this is a gift given to us. This is not of our own doing. It is a gift that Christ gives to us. So come ready to receive this gift. It's the gift of Christ's body broken for you and Christ's blood 
shed for you. If you are helping us today, if you guys can come and meet over here. As we move towards these moments of Eucharist and as Avarilla prepares the elements for us, uh, there's something so sweet about the disposition that Pastor Lisa brings to every room that she comes in. And for those of you who are parents or guardians who brought your kids here this week, there's something that just, as a parent of two kids who've come through this program, just begin to trust that your kids know how to follow Jesus because they watch someone follow Jesus right in front of them. And so I want you to take this posture. Perhaps this morning, as we move towards these moments of Eucharist, you want to take a look at the four panels of stained glass windows that we have here. Kids, especially in the room, this is something that I know all your eyes are drawn to continually. The one I get to stare at, the one that we preachers get to stare at, is the one with Jesus receiving all the little children. And that's the picture that you've received this morning as Pastor Lisa brings your kids to Jesus. But not just your kids. Some of you have grandkids, and some of you are not parents, but could you sense the presence of Jesus calling you to grace, to compassion, to show grace, to be involved in showing grace to the world? The one behind me, the one you get to look at, is the one that just says that Jesus loves you. Jesus is present with you. Jesus calls you and carries you. Over here, we have Jesus calling you to baptism. And over here, we have Jesus calling you to the table. And it's this story of grace that we find here that you are welcome to this morning. And so I'm going to pray to bless the elements, and then we'll have a few small instructions that, that will have you, so especially our guests this morning, know right where to go and what to do and where to be. But we want to have this posture as Jeremy plays of this posture that Jesus is calling you to these moments and Jesus is calling you to grace and in these moments God is equipping you to go and show grace to the world. And so what Pastor Lisa shared with us this morning, we get a chance to embody and follow Jesus this morning as we come to the table. For it was on the night that he was betrayed that Jesus took bread and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat and do this in remembrance of me. And on that same night, he took the cup and redefined it as the new covenant given to you for the forgiveness of sins. Take, take and drink in remembrance of me. And so, God, we ask that you would bless these elements and transform these simple elements of bread and cup into a means of grace that we would follow you, know that we are one body working together, that we would listen to you, God, and that this moment would allow us to be equipped to show grace to the world. And so, God, we ask that in these moments, we would be transformed into your likeness. 
and be sent for the goodness of grace to the world. Amen. And so just as Pastor Lisa instructed you in a moment, when it's kind of your turn in your pew, you'll get out and you'll exit to your left and you'll come down with those open hands. One of our junior leaders or their guardian or parent will place a, a piece of bread in your hands and you'll take that and you'll dip it just a just little bit into the, into the cup and you'll go ahead and take and eat that there. You can finish that on the way back to your seat if you've got a larger piece. And then in that moment, you can, if you would like, be reminded of your baptism. We have our members of our baptism right over by the communion table, way over here on my left to your right. You may, if you're over here, have to work your way over there, and that's okay. It just might be kind of a where's Waldo moment for you to be able to find that um, baptismal remembrance. You can also pray. You can pray at your seat. For those of you who are watching at home, you can pray on your couch at home or wherever you may be. And then we, I would love for you just to invite you as these moments of Eucharist, to listen to God as Pastor Lisa instructed us, and perhaps listen to God as, as you look at these stained glass windows. So as you're waiting for Eucharist or waiting for others to take, you might be able to take a look at the stories that you see in these stained glass windows. And it's in these moments that I go ahead and invite you, row by row as you're ready, to come forward to the table. Everyone is invited. No one is forced to come to the table if you don't want to come to the table, but you are all invited. If you know that you need God, you're invited to the table. So come now.